Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hello, good evening, and welcome to this week's Man in the Post podcast. Uh, my name is Chris. With me this week, I've got uh, returning for her second appearance. I've got Laura. If you like to say hello. Hello. Uh, and that is it, unfortunately. Mark, I'm afraid, has got uh, gremlins within his laptop and is unable to join us. Uh, so, and Emma is still away on her European tour. So we've got a slightly revised version of, um, of the podcast this week. We're going to be talking Champions League. Uh, we're going to be talking Nicholas and Nelka. We're going to be talking. League Cup final, and we're going to have a little bit on Gary Medine and Sheffield Wednesday as well. So, I think first of all, it's Thursday night. Uh, the news has been breaking regards to Nicholas Anelka. He's been fined £80,000, uh, suspended by West Brom, and banned for five matches, uh, having been found guilty of using the Quinnell gesture. The FA don't believe he used it as a, in, an, in an anti-Semitic manner. However, they do believe they used it in... Um, a manner that would lead to be uh, abusive and or indecent and or insulting and or improper and that included a reference to ethnic origin, uh, race, religion or belief. So if it wasn't anti-Semitic, yet it was those things, what do you think, Laura? Well, you've just informed me because I didn't know this had gone off today, being laid up in bed. But um, yeah, I'm just having a, a read through it now and the line about it, it included a reference to ethnic origin and or race and or religion or belief, but then said it wasn't deliberately anti-Semitic. So I'm not quite sure how you can prove that he's guilty of um, make it being improper against religion or belief and then say it's not anti-Semitic. No, that's the whole reason you found him guilty, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> so I'm not quite sure what exactly they have found him guilty of no it seems a little i don't think political gestures are allowed because robbie fowler got fined when he wore his dockers t-shirt and lifted that up um and lifted his liverpool shirts up and and revealed his dockers t-shirt uh and i don't think any other political gestures are allowed so maybe get done when he did his flute gesture i think he did didn't he Mm. i think he did but then he was so stupid he didn't know what he was doing anyway somebody in the dressing room had just told him what to do and he didn't realize what kind of ferrari it would uh it would um sort of give off no i don't think he did but i mean well he really he certainly did afterwards i think yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, so i think it forced him into uh taking buckets of chicken and fishing rods to eat <laughs> yeah <laughs> look how that worked out poor ralph yeah um so i don't think political gestures are particularly uh, seen as a good thing. I think they tend to be frowned on by the establishment because the logic being, I suppose, if it's okay for one person to make a gesture, if you have a, a footballer with far-right beliefs, what if he wants to make a gesture? Um, so I think they're banned for that reason. If he's banned for uh, abuse towards a religion or a race or a group, 
the Liverpool fan in me is crying out, why only five games when Suarez got eight? Well, that's a good point. Um, it it sort of smacks of the FA have not quite known what to do with it, so they've had to be seen to be doing something. So they so they have banned him and found him. What is it? Eighty thousand pounds. Eighty thousand pounds. Plus he's got to pay the uh, the costs as well. So he's got to pay for the whole thing. It's the legal stuff. Yeah, I don't honestly think the FA entirely knew what they're doing. This was obviously. This is obviously a cultural reference from abroad that uh, a foreign player has made over here. They realise he's done something. I don't quite think they know what. Um, and they realise they've got to punish him in some way to act as a deterrent for others. So I think they've sort of led themselves a little blind in this, haven't they? Yeah, but the hand gesture itself, as far as I understand it, was invented by this French comedian who's and Elkiri's friend with. Mm. So, if this is an invented gesture, then surely what, whose interpretation are we using of what this gesture means? Because, um, I mean, this French comedian is saying it's anti-establishment. So why is it suddenly an inverted Nazi gesture and it's suddenly anti-Semitic. I, I don't quite know whose logic or rules we're supposed to be using to be able to punish Nelka for this. Well, I think people have been taking photos of themselves making this gesture outside synagogues um, in France, and I think they've done it outside Jewish cemeteries and places like that as well. So I think there's, there's certainly a link there, but I don't know how an English FA... Start off can... like that with this French comedian, did it? No, I don't think as far it did. As I no. understand it. I think it got hijacked a bit, didn't it? Yeah. But I don't know how an English FA can rule that a, a French player has made a gesture that is um, anti-Semitic instead of political, with a gesture that's come from France. I don't, I don't quite understand no. that. No, I'm, I'm, I'm with you there. The, this is all new information to me, so I'm, I'm still a bit flabbergasted as to what exactly has gone on. Mm. Do you think they had to ban him for something? If, I think they had to be seen to be doing something because it caused such upset, didn't it? And mm. West Brom lost their sponsor through it all uh, because they had uh, they're owned by Jewish companies. Is that right? That's right. Yeah. I think if they hadn't done something, there would have been more backlash about it. I think so. I think they see had to be seen to be doing something. I think this is. A bit of a fudge because I don't quite think they know what he'd entirely done wrong. Everybody knows exactly what's happened. No, exactly. So he had to be banned for something. Uh, what nobody really knows, uh, but he's got his his five games and eighty thousand pounds. Um, what do you think this means for West Brom? They've just sold Shane Long. Yeah. They've got Berahino still. Uh, they won't have an Elka. Pepe Mel is already under pressure, isn't he, within the dressing room and within the club for his perceived lack of tactics. Well, they've not exactly given him a long time, have they? He's not. <laughs> How many games has he been in charge? Uh, uh, no, not many more than sort of ten or so at the very most, can it? It was. Was it just before Christmas he came in, something like that? I think so. I don't think they had full confidence in him anyway, because he wanted to bring his own backroom staff in, and they said no, and mm. they've only given him. I think it's only an eighteen-month contract anyway, isn't it? Mm. I don't know. I don't know what's gone wrong at West Brom because last season they they were a good team. They they seemed to be confident. They seemed to be playing some nice football. Mm. 
uh, and then they, like you said, this season they've randomly sold a good striker to the opposition. We talked about this last time. I was we on did. Shane Long going to Hull, um, and then brought Pepe Mel in, and not really known what he's about, <laughs> or giving him the staff, or. Uh, or really the funds to sort of go off and buy new players. It just, I don't know, there seems to be something a bit more underneath this that um, I'm not quite sure about. It was a very left-field choice, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, not the first one in the Premier League, though, is it? Well, no, indeed. (laughs) (laughs) No, but things don't look good. I think they will still be safe. I think there's three worse teams than West Brom. Yeah. I I, th- I think so. I think they've got the, a good enough setup to um, to ride this one out. If they don't sort themselves out quickly over the summer, though, they may struggle next season. No, I think you're right. I think this is a key season for summer mm. for them. Um, moving on then to Champions League. Tuesday mm-hmm. night was Manchester United, wasn't it? They lost two 0 away to Olympiacos. David Moyes, um, maybe in an attempt to deflect stuff away from the players, as uh, taken responsibility for it. Uh, I'm just surprised he said I didn't see that level of performance coming. I just didn't see it. This is the worst we've played in Europe. We didn't offer enough on the night to create a goal. There is undoubtedly talent at Manchester United, but we didn't show it. Do you think it was the blame lies at him, or do you think it relies at the, the players who were giving the ball away and um, Robin Van Persie for missing that chance at the end? I think there's blame on both sides. I don't think you can just solely put it at Moises' door. I mean, the players are the ones out there. Whatever the tactics are that, or the squad selection that um, Moyes puts down, those players are still responsible for putting in a performance. And let's face it, they really didn't on Tuesday night. They really seemed to give the ball away quite a lot, didn't they? I, I haven't seen that for a long time from United. Absolutely shocking. I mean, it was just... It was embarrassing <clears throat> at some points. I mean, Smalling just seemed to spend more time on his backside than he did actually tackling people. He did. Did anybody hold themselves high? I, I can't think of any one of them, actually, that 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 stood out, no. I'm struggling. Um, I think De Gea maybe couldn't really do a lot about the goals, could he? I mean, the first one was just a sad little dribble of a goal, really, weren't it? It was just a deflection. Oh, that's a bit cruel. Do you think? Yeah, I thought you meant that. Do you think he meant it? I, I do, yeah. It just looked like it bounced off him. It was a hit and a hope. No, oh, you're a hard to please, aren't you? I am. It's been said before. <laughs> yeah, well, we're going to that. <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I thought he meant that. And I thought he had a pretty good game, Dominguez. I, I... Oh, Dominguez had a brilliant game. Yeah. He was everywhere. He was very, very good. I was disappointed Saviola wasn't playing, but um, I hope he's back. I don't know whether he is or not for the for the return leg. Um, but no, I thought he definitely meant it. I think the ball came to him. I think if you watch him, he definitely sticks his foot out. He does, it. he does stick his foot out, but there was I can't see how he he deliberately thought that that would go in the net with his back to goal and it just sort of bouncing off the side of his foot. Well, maybe he knew it was going wide and he was just trying to get it back in that area too. Yeah. You never know. The second it goal was, I thought was very good, wasn't it? Sorry, say again. Sorry, the second goal. That was uh, superb trolling by Arsene Wenger. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, sort of irony there of an Arsenal player scoring against Man U in the Champions League. Yeah. Does that count as an away goal for Arsenal? I think so. <laughs> I think they'll take anything they can get. I think they probably could do. I think they need it. So what do you think for the return leg then? 
it's man you isn't it i mean they've got the home advantage and it's it's within their reach to do it i just it's just the apathy i think that sort of shocks me about Man U at the moment. You only have to look at Carrick's interview after the match that Roy Keane went absolutely apoplectic about. Mrs Carrick wasn't happy with Roy Keane. Did you hear that? No. She um, she sent a tweet out to regarding Roy Keane. I don't oh. know what exactly she said, because the Daily Mirror sort of covered it with four asterisks, but she deleted it afterwards. Okay. <laughs> I don't think she was happy with him at all. And then maybe Michael wasn't very happy with her because she deleted the tweet, so... He was being unnervingly calm until that point that Carrick gave his interview and then he just sort of went off on one. He did. Mm. He did. But He um, was wrong, though, in what he was saying. No, not at all. Absolutely agree with everything he said. I don't know whether they were tired or they just didn't care or, or, or what, but that's not... You couldn't imagine them playing like that under Ferguson at all. No, but I think that that's the point, is that last season... This squad was just as ageing and just as average, but there was more determination under Ferguson because he wanted to win the league because they'd lost so embarrassingly the season before to Man City. I think there was no more than determination that got them through last year. This year, they're just proving to be the ageing and average side that they are, that they have become. And mm. Ferguson knew when to get out, so I think he's actually um, stitched Moyes up like a kipper, really. Do you think he would do that? He's managed that club for 27 years. Do you think he would stitch some stitch up his successor? I don't, I don't mean that derogatory, right? I, I, I think he loves his club, but I think he knew when to get out. Right, yeah, that's, yeah, that's different As from... Manager. Yeah. Because... He's been um, he ummed and ahed for a long time about when to when to retire, and as his sort of um, Ferguson younglings as they were started retiring and he, and the the players that were coming through are clearly not as good as they, that golden generation were. Mm. Um, and he didn't buy particularly well, I don't think Ferguson in these sort of latter years. Well, the, the midfield was never really um, strengthened, was it? Well, he never replaced Skulls, did he? That's why he brought him back out to retirement. Yeah. I mean, you can say that Kagawa was that to some extent, but... But it's not really He's not been played, has he? Mm. No. I... And why buy matter and then play cleverly? I don't... And I didn't understand that. I think he's cup-tied, isn't he, matter? Could he not play last night? I don't think he could, no. I think he's cup-tied. Uh, okay. You'd like to think that David Moyes would pick him ahead of... Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, that did make me wonder quite a lot. Yeah. There is no way on earth you would ever choose Tom Cleverley over Juan Mata. No, you can't really <laughs> see <laughs> But so, back to the second leg, I, I don't know whether Saviola's going to be back or not. I do hope he is, because I do like him. Mm. Mainly for championship manager reasons, but rather than anything else. But, um, I hope Paolo Machado plays again. Who, sorry? With his tash. The man with the tash. Michelle oh. Was he the Frankie Goes to Hollywood guy? The Freddie Mercury. Freddie Mercury? Yeah. Was he? Was either Freddie Mercury or uh, Manuel off Vaulty Towers. No, I thought he was the other guy off of um, Frankie Goes to Hollywood, the one that used to sing with, uh, not Holly Johnson, the, yeah, the one that used to sing with Holly Johnson. Right. <laughs> I don't know who that is. <laughs> I, it, well, he looked just like him. <laughs> Shows me your musical taste, though. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Wednesday night. 
was Galatasaray won, Chelsea won. Uh, Drogba didn't score. I was kind of hoping he would. I, but I think he had a big old cuddle with them all at the start when he was shaking their hands. <laughs> um, Mourinho said that uh, some of the teams have three chances and score three goals. We have five and score one. Um, he said that wasn't a dig at his strikers. Uh, mm. I think he's probably not in Sammy Eto's good books. No. No. Uh, Torres has scored nine goals in 27 appearances this season. Eto eight in 28 and Denver Bar three in 18. It's pretty obvious where his problems are, isn't it? Absolutely. Um, and his private conversation, however wrong it was for them to record it, he was actually speaking the truth in that he has got a problem with up front. What he wouldn't do to have uh, Didier Drogba in his side again. Well, yeah, indeed. I mean, did you feel sorry for him about any, um, his comments? Did I feel sorry for him? Well, as sorry, sorry, yeah. Mourinho. <laughs> as sorry as you can feel for him. I think it was it was a private conversation, and no, it shouldn't have been published. What he said in it isn't untrue either, um, but it's not fair on his strikers. They're the sort of conversations he should be having with his strikers, and he should be coaching them, and perhaps not just slagging them off. But this can't come as a massive surprise to Mourinho. Everyone knows that Torres isn't the player he was. Samieto, however old Samieto is, is is a one-season impact player. He's mm. not got time to come over and sort of bed into the English game. He's the sort of player that you're only going to keep for a year or two at the most. He wants him to come in and bang, bang, bang the goals. But he's been sort of living it fat out in Russia for a couple of years. And Denver Bar, we all knew about his problems before as well. He's yeah. had the summer and the, a January to, to try and change that. He has. And he has to hold his hands up and say he he didn't buy and he didn't try to um, fully resource his team. So if if they do fail to win the league this year, then he's kind of only got himself to blame. Should they try harder for Rooney? I don't know whether Rooney's the right player for them. No. I don't think they're ever going to... United were ever going to sell to no. The fact that they refused to beat face-to-face of the matter transfer probably shows how scared they were of losing him. Yeah. But there's talk of Cavani there's, um, in the summer. Uh, there's talk of Ibrahimovic maybe as well. But then... Well, um, Mourinho's talking about Falco now, isn't he? Mark Falco. Yeah, uh, Mark Falco. <laughs> <laughs> no. You mean Falcao. Falcao. <laughs> Falcao. Falcao, that's the one. Mm. He might be talking Mark Falco. He might be younger than um, Samietto. <laughs> it's like that play we were talking about who's pretending to be 17 somewhere. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> yeah, so he's talking about players from abroad. I think Chelsea really want to do stick within financial fair play, don't they? So they're kind of hamstrung a little bit to that they're extent. They're going to have to, aren't they? Because um, under the regs, uh, Abramovich can only sub them by so much, can't he? So He can, yeah. But I think... I can't see those three strikers being at Chelsea next season, Torres, Eto and Barr. I can see all three of them leaving somewhere in the summer. Well, then he'd be left with nothing. Well, he's, he got to, <laughs> he's got to keep somebody just in reserve. So which one would you keep? Of those three? Yeah. Mm, Torres, personally. Sammy Eto, I'm not entirely sure about his motivation for being at Chelsea. I think that's probably more financial. Denver Barr hasn't really proved himself. I don't know whether he's had a chance to or not. Well, he's not. He's always come off the bench, really, hasn't he? He's mm. not ever really had a 
But then I, I didn't particularly rate him at Newcastle, so... No, he's been a bit checkered, isn't he? I mean, he did okay at West Ham, but then he failed his medical at Stoke, didn't he? Mm. He's um, he's a bit of an enigma, isn't he? <laughs> an enigma. An enigma. There you go. That's a word. Would you keep Torres or would you keep the other two? Um. Or would you have Connor Wickham? <laughs> so subject. <laughs> I was told to ask you about that. I know you were by all those Leeds fans on the main podcast. It's not the main podcast, it's the Sunday show. Oh, the Sunday show. Certainly not the main podcast. <laughs> um, yeah, he's, he's a great player. He's a great championship player, whether he can cut it in the Premier League. I don't know. A different story. Mm. Uh, so if you were Mourinho, would you go for Falcao or would you trust in one of these three next season? No, he needs to buy. Yeah. He badly needs to buy up from. And would you go for Falcao or would you try and cheeky Suarez bid or? Do you think Val? Uh, do you do you think Suarez would would leave Liverpool now? Yeah. I don't think he would. Don't you? No. I think he would. I think if he was offered a better chance, uh, because I don't honestly think he's going to be winning trophies at Liverpool anytime soon. I think it's um. I think they are where they pretty much should be. He would get into the Real Madrid team. He would get into the PSG team, I should imagine. Um, he would get into the Chelsea team. And I think if he was offered the chance to go somewhere where he would definitely win a title or a Champions League or have a greater chance, he would go. And I don't blame him, to be honest. I don't think Liverpool would sell him to Chelsea, though. I think they would sell him abroad. I don't think they would sell him to any of the other top three they sold Torres to Liverpool, uh, to Chelsea. <laughs> well, maybe they, maybe that's... Yes, look how well they did out of that deal. They got 50 million quid. <laughs> well, that pay... did, they did spend that 35 million on uh, Andy Carroll. That I was it. But they spent some of the rest on Suarez. Yeah. But they also spent 15 million on Downing. Oh, are we going to do this every time... <laughs> How long are we going to do this for? Are we going to be doing this podcast in 20 years' time and talking about Stuart Downing and Andy Carroll's transfer fee? Everyone left at Jordan Henderson. That's true. We can still laugh at him if you like. <laughs> but um, he's done okay this season, I think. But I think we both agreed that Mourinho needs to do something. Oh, absolutely. He needs to spend, spend, spend in the summer. Yeah, I think you're right. Elsewhere in the Champions League, we got... Uh, Zenit St. Petersburg 2, Borussia Dortmund 4 and Schalke 1, Real Madrid 6 with Gareth Bale scoring 2 and an assist and an assist so he had a, a good day at the office did you see any of these goals at all? only the goals in the Real Madrid game um, it, it looked it, if if the goals are to believe it just looked like a cakewalk for them it did I mean the goals seemed to be full of pace and on the break didn't they a very clinical finish at the end didn't they? Yeah, look, ju- just look look brilliant. I don't know how bad Schalke were, mind you, but uh, Real Madrid did look in uh, in fine form and the team to watch maybe for the for the whole competition. Well, Handler's goal was very good at the end, wasn't it? It's was probably six one, but you scored the goal of the night. Scant consolation, isn't it? Really? Yeah, I don't really think he was whooping and hollering over that one. Next, I think we're going to talk talk something a bit close to your. Neck of the Woods, Laura. Gary Medine. Uh, Gary Medine went to prison 
we correct me when I'm wrong. He went, he went to prison, didn't he, Laura? He did go to prison, yes. For <laughs> what did he go to prison for? Um, this conviction, he went for um, GBH and ABH. This... One on a Sheffield Wednesday fan, one on a Sheffield United fan. So he's uh, not indiscriminate with his uh, with his punching. <laughs> so you're only half upset with what he did. <laughs> no, I'm fully upset with what he did. Well, you said this conviction. What's he done before? He's got previous, has he? Yeah, he uh, he's been convicted before uh, with ABH uh, when he was a Carlisle United player. So him coming to Sheffield Wednesday was supposedly his second chance. Right. And then he went on and did double the amount of ABH and GBH. So how long has he played for Wednesday for? That's a very good question. Be about four, five years now. Oh, so it's been a while. So yeah, we bought him when we were in League One. Right. Well, that, well, that could have been any recent time, couldn't it? <laughs> Cheeky book. <laughs> okay, so the reason I wanted to talk about him is he's one of a number of players who have gone to prison, come out and continued their their career. Near me, I live uh, in Cornwall. Uh, Truro City signed Luke McCormack after he came out of prison for... Uh, death by dangerous driving, killing two young boys. Lee Hughes continued his career, having served time for killing someone in a car accident as well. Mm-hmm. Um, Niall Ranger is in court at the moment as we speak. Again. Again. Mm. Uh, and we've got Gary Medina as well. What are your thoughts, Laura, first of all, about having Gary Medina as an individual and a convicted felon playing for you? It's it's a difficult one. It's It's quite a diversive uh, issue for uh, Wednesday fans there's very much a split of those that are saying right he's served his time he's genuinely sorry he's willing to get himself back and under legislation really with the rehabilitation of offenders act is that they have it when they've served their time they are deemed to be rehabilitated unless they prove otherwise so genuinely he is free and able to get on with his life and his career on the flip side of that is that Wednesday didn't sack him when he went to prison um, which is a breach of his contract and in normal circumstances say if I'd punched two people in the face and gone to prison I would have been sacked with immediate effect so there's a bit of hesitation around the fact that he perhaps should have been sacked but then on the other hand we've got to give him a a, a second chance but as I said before is that we were supposed to be his second chance after his ABHing with uh, conviction when he was a Carlisle player so it's like how many more chances do you give somebody to prove that they're a changed person Mm. well his tallest skinny he's been to Bar Linney was Duncan Ferguson (laughs) (laughs) Slightly different situation to to Medina, to be honest. I, I, other than his name, I hadn't, I didn't know anything about the Gary Medina story. But um, Ferguson was signed by Everton initially on loan and then permanently back in '94. But they knew the situation that existed from his time at Rangers, where he'd uh, headbutted John McStay, and then it was all going through the course at the time. And of course, he played I don't know half a dozen, maybe ten games for Everton, and then he went to jail for the three months. So slightly, slightly different. But then, you know, he, he came out and was a a model citizen from that point. 
really. Yeah. Stefan okay. Freund might disagree with that. Well, he might, and, and of course, there's, 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 there's the fantastic story about Ferguson from a little bit later in, in let's say, early 2000s, where um, he, let's say, apprehended two burglars in his own house uh, and dealt with them accordingly, uh, have, them having stepped outside of the law, Ferguson dealt with them outside of the law, let's put it that way. He used more than reasonable force. Um. Yeah, some of the stories are quite funny. Yeah, but uh, he, he dealt with two burglars in his own home quite <laughs> satisfactorily to his standards. Well, how so, you... Sorry. Sorry. Yeah, I mean, there's a history, isn't there, of, of, of players who've gone and, and done things. You know, you have Tony Adams who did who had some sort of drink-driving conviction back in the early 90s and uh, one or two others who have done similar things. And, and as Laura said, you know, it's kind of... If, if they've done something bad once and then they come back and they are model citizens and, you know, they behave themselves both on and, on and off the pitch or, or in and outside of the club, then you can kind of forgive them. But if they keep reoffending and they keep um, doing things they shouldn't, then it, it, it's hard to defend them no matter, how, no matter how good they are on the field for whichever club you support. You've only, well, you've got Troy Deeney at the moment for Watford. Mm. He went to prison and he's sort of model citizen at the moment and he's doing exactly. it in his career yeah yeah and you look at somebody like marlon king who's a repeat offender yeah and yeah. you sort of have a lot less sympathy for him i think it very much depends on the crime hmm. i mean there is there is this issue that keeps coming up in sheffield because gary medine went to prison for uh assault basically and then you've got chad evans who went to prison for rape yeah. He'll be coming out quite soon, won't he? He'd be out in November, I think. And really? Yeah. That was that was not that not that long ago, was it? Really, considering no. such a serious crime. No, he went down for five years, um, but they can serve half their sentence if yeah. and then wow. come out on license, which uh, Medine is out on license at the moment, and the same will be said of Ched Evans when he comes out. So it's the crime that's very emotive, I think. So there's a sliding scale to this. So, so Gary Medine convicted of assault playing for Wednesday again is, you know, he's a silly boy, but... You know, I'm not he's... saying that at all. I, I, I think it's thuggish behaviour and I think it's inherent in his character uh, because it's not the first time that he's done it. Whether prison has changed his personality is a different thing. Mm. Um, that can only be seen. Um, the club seems to have some trust or belief in him that he's going to do the right thing and that but that remains to be seen if it was a convicted rapist coming back into my club i think i would be a lot more fired up about this so what about someone like luke mccormack as well or lee hughes that have well, again, it's the same thing. They, they they went to prison for the same thing but the emotive part of it was that luke killed children mm. And I think that is the sad thing, is that the media are a lot less lenient with him than they are with Lee Hughes, because he killed a 57-year-old man or something like that. Mm. It's a sad factor. But they've served their time, they've they've paid their debt to society, and they've got every right to pursue a career. Absolutely. Now they've come out. If If they're not given the right to pursue a career, what path do they go down then? 
Absolutely. And that's Same the point with of the Rehabilitation Church. of Offenders Act is that they have legislative rights to uh, restart their life and their career. Mm. You can't really argue against that. But should Medine have kept his job? That is the thing for me, is that in normal people's lives and not footballer lives, they would have been sacked. Yeah, every contract. But even if he was sacked, he would still have been signed up somewhere else as well. He would, and I think that is that is another thing <clears> is that they're not really viewed as human beings; they're viewed as commodities. Mm. Medine himself has has some worth to Sheffield Wednesday. Um, if we sacked him, we'd lose on any sort of sell-on price. Which for a club like Sheffield Wednesday is important. Absolutely. And any money from that future sale could go towards potentially a better player. Because at best, Medine's a, a good League One player to me. Others may disagree, uh, and they do, believe me. Um, they think that the sun shines out of his rectum. Um, but he is a commodity to the club, and I think that that's what they are focusing on. Getting him back to fitness and getting him playing again. To maybe sell anymore. It's sad, isn't it? Really, that that's now indicative of many football clubs that they are seen as a, a marketable commodity with a value, and there is no moral, yeah. you know, moral stance to it. Where, yeah, yeah, people can stay can step out of line, and it can be a one-off thing, and so on. But if if Medine is a, or people like him are repeat offenders, you know, club clubs they just don't feel. Whether he's worth ten thousand pounds or a hundred thousand pounds or ten million, it's just sad that they they, they feel that they could they have they're indirectly supporting these players' their actions yeah. by by continuing to pay them big money and you know demand a fee for them and and, and see that they can't set a, set a um you know moral standard or by by just saying you know what this Sheffield Wednesday or whichever club it might be. Is is bigger than this? It's it's worth more than this than than keeping something and making ourselves look bad. But can mm. they afford to do that, Sheffield Wednesday? They're they're not you know a Premier League club that can afford to jettison a player and and lose out on a transfer fee. No, they they can't. Unfortunately, that's what it comes down to. And I think the people who make the decisions are looking at it from business reasons, not from moral reasons. And I, I and I find it extremely sad. Mm, but it, okay. but is that I'm I'm. Just curious to know because football is a business, as we're always being told. Um, the fans are emotional, and the and the clubs have to make these hard-nosed business decisions. If from a club's point of view, they might not like it any more than than we do, but but yeah, they but have to do it. Politicians who do things morally wrong, and then they're hounded out of their jobs, and and they're in positions of power. These are people who kick a bit of leather about, for want of a better phrase, um, and they get paid very handsomely for it so i think moral integrity has to come as part of a business package you think clubs have got a moral obligation to how they present themselves absolutely yeah would you be happy when they're closing as a family and community club and sheffield wednesday do very much have a family and community side to it um letting a repeat convicted criminal to continue to play and earn an awful lot of money by any average person's standards doesn't reflect well, I don't think. Mm. No, okay. And 
just for the record, if, if Everton were to sign a convicted criminal now, you'd you'd feel what? Because it's, it, Gary Medine is not going to have the same sort of cult hero status as Duncan Ferguson had for, for Everton. Did your feelings change from when he signed through to when he left? Um, I think in Ferguson's case, it was a, it was a, it was a case of he he gone to, in Scottish terms, he'd gone from Dundee United, he'd gone to Rangers, he'd gone to Glasgow, the big city, you know, when he was twenty one years old, maybe too much too soon, and he at that time in his career and his personality and his development, it was too much for him, you know, and he was easily wound up. Um, the, the actual offence, if you ever see it on YouTube or something. It's a headbutt offence that he went to prison for. It was kind of a totting up thing, but actually, the the, the straw that broke camel's back, that headbutt on on the guy from Wraith Rovers, was almost like a brush of the fringe rather than a headbutt. Um, but after that, he was kind of the, the the model citizen. He didn't go out, you know. There's the famous story about him having his, you know, his pigeons. You know, that was the thing. And from then on, he was he was totally committed to the football club and to his profession. Um, he stopped going out on the late nights and the getting into trouble and everything else. So that is a good example of somebody who has learned his lesson, if mm. you like, from, from from just being wild as a youth. Had he continued to carry on with stupidness and bad behaviour either on the field? OK, he, he still did stupid things on the pitch, but off the pitch, he was, you know, the, the regular family guy, you know, family man, not family guy, mm. family man, um, and behaved himself. You know, he was he was committed to the club and everything else. Then that's fine. But if he'd continue to go out on the on the lash, uh, get into bother, you know, doing some of the things that you you, you hear in in the Nile Ranger case and and several others, then you get very tired of that as a supporter, especially as the you're the one. That with with the with the forty or fifty pound or whatever it might be, you're tipping up every week to pay to see these guys play. That you're furnishing the ability for them to go out and behave this way by yeah. paying them this money. You fans are very quick to lose the the acceptance that they're going to change one day, or or doesn't matter how good they are on the pitch, will forgive whatever they get up to when they go down the nightclub on a Friday or Saturday night. Um. Ferguson was a case where he'd been a bad boy. He came to Everton and he calmed down. Slightly different, I guess, to to the it seems to me to to how you guys are talking about Gary Maydean because, as I said, I don't know anything about how he's conducted himself, but it sounds like he just hasn't learned his lesson from previous. Well, events. the thing is, uh, people are making excuses for him because he's only twenty two, twenty three, something like that. Mm. Uh, it's like, oh, he's a young lad. Uh, we all used to go out and uh, we've all done stuff when we were young that we weren't proud of. And there's still some fans thinking, oh, he's still a top lad. He likes to go out drinking and stuff. But the problem with him has seemingly been when he's been out drinking and the people that he surrounded himself with mm. have not been the greatest of influences on him. If he it- can perhaps sort that side of his life out, sort out the temper, sort out the drinking then he's got a chance. Mm. I think what happens in, in these sorts of cases, if, if he is you know 22 years old and just keeps getting himself into these kind of um, situations, the, actually the, club, the clubs have to take some sort of um, responsibility here. And I'm sure they do with their education policies and say, look, don't go out and don't do this and don't do that and look out for 
girls throwing themselves at you or guys trying to buy you drinks in nightclubs and stay away from this kind of thing. But the temptation, of course, the temptations there, isn't it, for young any young person when they're 22 years old to be paid, getting paid a decent wage, and you know they're 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 a local personality of, of one kind or another. Pete, they're they're going to be a target, aren't they? When they go out, even for, even for a meal with their girlfriend or the wife at, the, at such a young age, they're a target for attention and and not necessarily in a good way. Mm. But I think it's up to the clubs maybe to provide more protection as well, especially when. It, you know, you've got a lot of young lads who are impressionable, maybe less educated, uh, at a loose end with what to do with their time and their money. Um, I think clubs often maybe have to take more uh, more of an active role in how they manage the players they've got with and them that's too. That's why we come back to a business habit, having a code of ethics in that um, most corporate businesses do have a code of ethics. And seemingly mm. football do, but they don't really um enforce it mm. okay um moving on now we're over at uh, we're going towards premier league predictions we're not going to do this but now you're with us mark um we'll do this week i've got i've got a lead to protect so you have haven't you i was going to get here hell or high water <laughs> <laughs> well we weren't going to do it but uh, now you're here we can do laura you're going to play for emma who's... yeah sorry emma well, she did okay last week. Did not, she? Well, she didn't. People that were here recording the podcast that never went out um, did. They yeah, got... you have press record on this one, haven't you? I press record last week. My computer decided to <laughs> explode. Um, I got ten out of ten last week, Chris, didn't I? Yeah, ish. <laughs> I think <laughs> me and you got me and you Plus got. Mark. Yeah. If you can provide the evidence, then you know I'll believe whatever you say. <laughs> I can't. No, I did, because I wrote it down as we were doing it. So, yes. Uh, okay. So, I, I can do. But uh, I think Musa and um, Adam from the Sunday show who were here, they um, did a sterling effort. She got six. So, when she's back next week, Laura, you would have helped her even higher. She'll have got minus five. No, I don't think so. You never <laughs> know. Right, well, first up is um, Everton West Ham. Okay. Me first, then, I suppose. Yeah. Um, uh, I'm going to say a draw. Uh, Everton haven't recaptured the, the the sort of pre-Christmas form yet, and maybe have an eye on the the Arsenal Cup quarter final. And we've seen West Ham have just started picking up. Now, in, in most years, Everton West Ham is a guaranteed home win. So, but just going off the form of the two, I'm going to go for a draw. You're going to go for a draw. What are you going to go for, Laura? Yeah, I agree. I got draw down for that. I think West Ham's form's just peaking and. Uh, Everton have seemed to have struggled to score a bit recently. and I'm going to go for an Everton win, which is it pains me. But uh, I think they could probably probably do something. OK, next one is Fulham-Chelsea. This is a West London derby. Anyone uh, going to fly the flag for Fulham for this one? I would like to think that... Uh, how do you pronounce his name? Magath? Magath, is it? Magath. Magath, yeah. Magath. I would love to think that he's going to get his first win against Chelsea, but I really don't think it's going to happen. I think it's going to be a Chelsea win. Do you? Yeah, another boring one nil. One nil. Okay, so you're going to go for Chelsea. Um, Mark, what are you going to go for? Yeah, Chelsea too. As much as I love Felix Magat, and this goes back 25 years or more to when he was a player, but uh, and I, I like him. I don't necessarily think Fulham are going to get out of trouble. Um, I can't really see much else than a Chelsea win. 
Yeah, I'm going to go for a Fulham win. So crazy it might just... I like the idea of a man who makes his players do laps around the pitch and when he comes back, he's emptied the water out of the drinks bottles. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I really know about him at the moment, but I quite like the, I quite like the cut of his jib. Uh, Hull, Newcastle. Does anyone... Um, I think Hull, I think Hull are going to do this one. I'll go for a draw. Mm, I agree. These are, it, Hull and Newcastle are two of the hardest teams to predict, aren't they? Yeah. What they're going to do. But I just think Newcastle are so unpredictable that they could just dig a draw out there with that one. Schizophrenic. That's what Newcastle are. Yeah. yeah. They are, aren't they? Depends yeah. whether Cissé can be bothered to try and aim towards goal. No, I, I agree with you, Laura. I think it'll be a draw. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Can Arsenal do it on a Saturday afternoon in Stoke? They do hate Stoke, don't they? They don't like each other, do they? This is the Aaron Ramsey derby. Mm. What do, do we you know, think? I, I, I actually think Stoke might do them. Yeah? Yeah. 2-0. Two 2-0. Nil. Two nil. No, I think Arsenal are going to win. Well, this is the sort of games they need to win, isn't it? If they're going to show they their... Um... This. Yeah, desperately. Yeah. Um, it's not going to be pretty, I don't think, but when is it in Stoke? <laughs> you mean the football or...? No, just in general. Just in general. <laughs> that's, what, that's what I thought you meant. <laughs> this is odd. One northerner saying another northern town's pretty awful. They're not northern. <laughs> they're Midlanders. Stoke? It's yeah. north of Taunton. In the Midlands. North of Taunton, that's north for me. Like Middle Earth. <laughs> the people, Four is it? <laughs> Just with less hobbits. <laughs> uh, I'm going to go for a draw. Good for you. Thank you. Uh, Southampton Liverpool. This was Southampton won Anfield the first time round. The Sox. Don't be bitter. Yeah. The game we're always going to lose. This this has got like three two written on it. Yeah, this, hasn't it's like it? a game of strikers. It's just you might as well just not bother putting the defenders on. Well, Liverpool have been. Well, mm. that is true. Yeah, that's how they've been playing for the season. Mm. Like I said, they're, they're turning into Keegan's Newcastle. They really are. Yeah, but they win. That's the sort of difference. Keegan's yeah. Newcastle with the victories. He bloody love it. Mm. I I think Liverpool might just do this like three two. Do you? Yeah. Yeah. I think Liverpool too. You think Liverpool too? I'm going to go for a draw. I don't do like. Do they do drawing? Sorry. Do they do drawing? Liverpool. I don't mean like colouring in. <laughs> <laughs> well, this is Stephen Gerrard. Stephen Gerrard once described his favourite cheese as melted. <laughs> that about sums him up. <laughs> American cheese. That'd be even worse. <laughs> um, Villa Norwich. Norwich for famous oh. victory last week, didn't they? I'm going for the Villa. Are you? Mm. They can't be rubbish all season. You're only saying this because you're not playing for yourself. <laughs> I'm not. You've got extra responsibility. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I do. I think Villa might just do this one. Yeah. Oh, it's a tricky one. This is, again, Villa just want Villa. I suppose Norwich to an extent, but Villa especially. You know, they'll do the opposite of what you expect them to do. Um, I'm going to go Norwich. You're going to go Norwich. I think one in the eye. Norwich. One in the eye for Paul Lambert there. Uh, I'm going to go for Villa as well. Swansea Crystal Palace is next. This has got draw written all over it. This has. Do you reckon? I think Palace might do it. 
Yeah. Mm. I fancy a dream. Yeah. So you're gonna well, get... Did you guys see the Swansea game tonight? I saw the last 10 minutes. They, they gave a good account of themselves. You know, they didn't disgrace themselves, even though they lost. Mm, which means they'll be knackered for Sunday. So I'm going to go yeah. Palace. I'll say draw. What do you say, Laura? I'm going for a Palace win. I'm going to get Palace as well. I think they'll be knackered, Swansea. Yeah, so do I. Uh, Tottenham Cardiff. I don't have Tottenham getting on at the moment, but um, they lost at the weekend, didn't they? Yeah. Well, Tottenham are winning 3-1 at the moment. Oh, are they? Are they? Yeah. I've just seen Tim Sherwood shout F off to the referee. <laughs> Why do you need Tim Sherwood? brawling, what? actually. Sorry? There's been a bit of brawling. Is there? Yeah, they're sort of a bit of fisticuffs. <laughs> Shoving. Yeah. Mm. I can't imagine there's been any brawling on a football field. <laughs> not like you'd see on a Friday night in Rotherham, no. Not. <laughs> and that's just the women, eh? Yeah, exactly. The best quote ever about Tim Sherwood was when um, was when Kenny Dalgleish was at Blackburn Rovers and he wanted to buy Zinedine Zidane. And Jack Walker said, what do you want Zidane for? You've got Tim Sherwood. When opportunity knocks, you've got to know when to open the door. Yeah. Could you imagine Zinedine Zidane at Blackburn? Yeah. Uh, David Batty would have had, to knock, had him knocked into shape pretty quick, wouldn't he? <laughs> I don't know. I think the other way around. I don't know. There'd have been a lot of head butting. Yeah, I don't think Zidane was a man to mess with. Legend. Yeah. Um, does anyone fancy yeah. for Cardiff in this one? Um, Tottenham for me. Tottenham. I'm going to go for a draw. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because little stat for you. In, after playing in the Europa League, Spurs have lost five times. But I think that Cardiff are just so poor that they might actually just get a draw out of it. Yeah. Mm, I didn't know that about Tottenham. There you go. God, you're a... Not just a pretty face, you know. Oh, no, indeed not. <laughs> you might say that. I couldn't possibly comment. All right. I'm going to go for a draw as well, then, based on your stat. And then Sunday is the League Cup final, isn't it? Man City versus Sunderland. Mm. Sunderland have got a pretty good record of trolling Man City haven't they you think they're going to do it again I, I said what was it a few weeks ago now I said that I fancied Sunderland would give them a hard game in this final and I still think the same thing And I reckon and City the last two or three games they've not quite made it as they had done before and I think okay they've got great players but they really do miss Aguero He's mm. back on Sunday though, isn't he? Oh, is he back? Mm, he said he could be in contention for Sunday, so... I don't know whether that's just mind games. Mm. But, um, I, I reckon a draw... I, I reckon it'll go to extra time, and City might win it, but I, I think Sunderland will push them hard. Yeah, They've got a good record, right. haven't they, They've against them? They've better than they did against Arsenal then at the weekend. Well, on the, on the podcast that never happened last mm. week, I did predict that Sunderland might shock Arsenal, so... You know, I've given myself away away there. <laughs> yes, yeah, so you're ten out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm going to fess up to that one. Okay. <laughs> Go on, what do you think, Laura? I think it's cities. It's got cities written all over it. Yeah, I think you're right. I think they'll find it quite comfortable. Although, again, it really annoys me that they're playing other fixtures on the same day as the League Cup final. They really shouldn't be doing it. The FA, Cup, the FA Cup final will be next. You know, they've messed about with the date and the position of that in the season. It, mm. it is only a matter of time before 
the second last day of the Premier League league season kicks off at three and the FA Cup finals at five, mm. which which for us old folk is horrific to think about, but it will happen. There's no sense of occasion about it anymore. It's like when you've got the Palace playing at the same time, you just think, what's the point? Yeah, but no one's going to be thinking, oh, Swansea Palace, I'm not going to watch the cup final for that. <laughs> yeah, but the people that are going to the games, that are going to Swansea or to Villa or to Spurs, um, might actually want to watch the League Cup final. Mm. Yeah, they might. Do you really think? I, th- I still think it's a cup and it, it's supposed to be a sense of occasion. And the FA just clearly don't see it as that anymore. No, I think you're right with the FA Cup. I think the league, I wouldn't miss the League Cup if it disappeared. I have to cling on to that because that's the only bit of silverware Wednesday have won in the last 30 years. So <laughs> The Simod Cup. They didn't win that, did they? <laughs> we didn't win that. Didn't they? I thought they did. Did we? I'm sure you did. No, I don't think so. Forest beat Everton in one so. final, I seem to remember, I think. They did, I remember that. Been in the Zenith Data Cup because we played United. That might be what I'm thinking of. Didn't you beat them 1-0? Yeah. That might be what I'm thinking of. That might be that. Right, well, we've got those then. That's, um, I'll keep them on my fridge over the weekend and I'll put my little crosses and zeros next to them and we'll see how Emma gets on while she's not here again. Uh, a bit of a convoluted one this week. We um, we have Mark join us halfway through. Uh, Laura has been on a deathbed all afternoon and has joined us, doped up to the eyeballs with um, yeah, ibuprofen like a, and whatever else. It's like doing a podcast on Rohypno. Is it? Yeah. Oh, that's, that's a whole other story. <laughs> that's a whole other podcast. That Come is. on. <laughs> You've taken it somewhere else now, Laura. <laughs> I, I have no idea what I've said for the last hour. It could be complete gibberish. Well, now we've got the evidence. Yeah, I'm going to make sure I <laughs> well, press stop he's recorded it so I know what I've said. <laughs> uh, so if people want to follow you, Laura, um, when you're a bit more lucid in your tweets... Yeah, I don't want people stalking me. Yeah, you're, you're the Rehypno girl. Can we follow you? <laughs> uh, where do they follow you from? You're at what? Sorry, on Twitter. At Yaistor. It's... Y-I-C-E-T-O-R. Okay. And your other one, Football's Fallen? That's Football's Fallen, yeah. At Football's Fallen, okay. And Mark, your um, Football Pink, how do we follow that? Yeah, on Twitter, it's at the Football Pink. And can we still buy your um, toilet paper? I mean, um, magazine? <gasps> of course, yeah. If you want a better quality of um, material to what you're bottom with, then certainly you can... Uh, you can purchase a copy of the Football Pink to do whatever you want to do with it. I think you didn't say you're running out of um, print copies. Yeah, they're, they're, they're selling quite nicely. We've got some fantastic writers involved, including Laura herself. Um, I've read that. That was very good, actually. It was a brilliant article about you know how Victorian Sheffield and the theatre shaped cup football as we know it ever since the the late 1800s and lots more besides so uh, go to footballpink.net if anybody's interested in picking that up and personally I think it's great but then I'm getting unbiased <laughs> okay and if you're ever desperate enough to follow me I'm at C Armband so um, I'd like to say thank you for Mark for belatedly joining us I know you made a great effort to try and get here and I'd always like to say thank you to Laura for joining as a guest no problem uh, next week I think we've got Emma back from tour. So she'll be able to fill us with um, 
Tales of Real Madrid and Hamburg, I think it is. Uh, so all that remains for me to say is thank you for listening and always remember to keep your man on the post. Hello, good evening and welcome to this week's Man on the Post podcast. I'm Chris uh, and with me this week we've got a slight change. Um, Mark, unfortunately, uh, has been held hostage by the... Um, oh, why is it... Oh, for fuck's sake. Sorry, Laura. <laughs> Are you sure you want to do this tonight? We will do it and you can go to Between bed. Between the pair of us, this isn't going to go well. The outtakes will be longer than the proper bits. All right. Okay, I don't know why I'm asking you if you're ready. You certainly are. As, I, as I'm ever gonna be. Yeah. Mm. Oh, for fuck's sake. Discipline and respect. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> you know what we were talking about earlier? About uh, the FA not enforcing <laughs> uh, sort of gestures and things like that. Maybe yeah. we should ban accents. <laughs> well, Hitler lived in Liverpool for a bit. That could be Mark's. Did he? Well, yeah, that could be Mark's German Scout accent. That fact up. Sorry? That, I think that's a bit of a myth. His sister said According to Stan, according to Stan Boardman, Hitler bombed our chippies, but I don't think he lived there. His sister lived there, and I think she, while he was a failing artist, he um, he spent some time with her. Wow. A lecturer at uni told me, because I went to uni Liverpool, a lecturer at uni told me that Hitler had a job working in the kitchens at the Adelphi Hotel in the centre of town, and um, one day he was working with a young porter or kitchen porter by the name of Ho Chi Minh. <laughs> I don't know how true that is, but I'm sure that Hitler lived in Liverpool not, for a bit. Yeah, is, is, is that not the famed Scouse Zenza Yume? <laughs> yeah. I think it might be. Mm. You think? He was having me on there. I think so. I think they saw you come in there, Chris. <laughs> Damn it. <laughs> Yay. We got through it. We did it. Is the computer going to break now? No, no, it's all still working at the moment. Save it quickly. Oh, for fuck's sake.